Something that we all have in common is that at one point in our career, we either have or will look for a new job. It can be frustrating. Fake job postings, getting ghosted by recruiters, and long drawn out processes. Well, today's guest can help you navigate through all of it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 109 of the Resilient Journey podcast presented by the Resilience Think Tank. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman, and this week I'm joined by a new founding member of the Resilience Think Tank, Resilience Recruiter Sean Watson. This week, Sean and I discuss how he will work with the Think Tank to provide coaching to job seekers. We discuss the value of collaboration, the challenges and frustrations of the job application process, and common mistakes made by job seekers. And Sean identifies what you need to focus on when you're looking for that next big opportunity. And he says that if it's the right job, the money shows up. Sean, welcome back to the podcast. I remember you were here the first time, and it was the first podcast you ever did. Now you're the seasoned veteran, <laughs> and I'm happy to have you back. And more importantly, welcome to the Resilience Think Tank. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be back. Happy to be part of the Think Tank. Um, definitely a wonderful opportunity. Great great organization with some great people. So a wonderful time. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun and it's going to be great to have you and, and to collaborate. And that's what we're all about is collaborating with uh, with great people. Um, take a minute here and remind the listeners about your background in resilience and recruitment. Oh, sure. Um, I have just over 20 years of recruitment experience in various industries. Um, and for the last 11 years, I've been focused in the resilience space. So everything from continuities, that's recovery, the crisis management, all the pillars of resilience uh, was kind of the area of especially um, for the last 11 years. Um, I am based in Los Angeles, um, but I do cover roles globally. Um, I try and get out as much as I can to travel to different areas. I'm in New York next week for a couple of days and Hopefully in 2024, I have a chance to get over to the, to the, to the UK again. Haven't been in a while, so would love to get there and see some clients over there as well. Um, and if anyone is in the LA area, they want to chat, feel free to drop me a note. I'm always happy to have a, a coffee chat with anyone um, in the area. What I like uh, about you, Sean, is that you're very uh, approachable. You're very accessible. Uh, I know I've reached out to you a number of times just to ask questions about things. And that's really where we're headed with having you part of the Resilience Think Tank. So you're the latest founding member of the Think Tank. Uh, before we get into some of the, the details about what we want to do, what inspired you to join us and what do you hope to accomplish? Um, inspiration. This is a great organization. Um, the people behind it. I've known yourself and James and other folks in there for a long time. So definitely great people to be with. Um after being in this industry for the last 11 years, you get passionate about it. Um, yeah. By no means of the, of the stretch of imagination that my practitioner, I can never do what um, these folks do. Uh, but you see, you learn a lot. I've learned quite a bit about resilience, both business and in your own personal resilience, and you get passionate about it. And this organization with the people who are involved in it, they're what you guys are, everyone is doing it made me want to join right away. Uh, I mean, when you first started this a while back, it seemed like a very interesting organization. Didn't quite know how I could get involved with it. And over the last year or whatever, it's has changed. So I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to really um, seeing how we can move the industry forward. Um, there, This is a great industry to be in. We're definitely seeing a lot of progress over the last few years. 
Um, I think now the one of the defining moments is going to be really helping everyone understand just what is resilience. I think that's still a yeah. big question for a lot of organizations. Is some confusion? Is it just continuity 2.0? What is it? So really helping to educate um, folks out there about resilience and even getting some fresh um, fresh talent into the industry, uh, getting some of these uh, recent college grads or who are folks who are interested in something different than yeah. just your usual business career that, hey, this is a great area to get into. Um, and, and you can have, have a lot of fun doing it and work with some great people. So that's what I would really like to do is um, really help to move the industry forward, educate um, and add add value. I was in London last week and somebody came up to me and said, I really am excited about the Real Resilience Think Tank, although I'm not exactly clear what it is you do. So I'm going to give a real practical example of what you just said and how we can all collaborate together on something. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'll give I'll give two quick examples. Sure. The first one would be members of the Resilience Think Tank have an open line of communication. I mean, they do anyhow, but they have a specific forum and channel where they can ask you questions as part of the membership of the Resilience Think Tank. And that's something that we can do and we can build specific collaboration opportunities there. Mm -hmm. The second thing that we can do, and it goes back to your uh, answer from just a second ago, was as new people come into the industry, and we know there's low unemployment in our industry, we know that it's a very popular subject right now with boards and companies, more people are adding resilience. As you bring new people into the industry who might be looking for guidance, you now have another tool in your toolkit to say, hey, here's a group that can help you get the right tools under your belt to learn the right things about resilience, to do it the right way. And it's just a perfect example of the Resilience Think Tank being a collaboration body and what we're all about. And having someone focused on recruitment is such an important piece of that. But it's not that you're only a recruiter. It's that you're a recruiter with resilience experience. And that's really, really important. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it is. It's a fun place to be. Um, like I said, you get passionate about this, about this industry after a while. Um, and like, there's a lot of great people out there and a lot of um, great opportunities for the future. I think resilience is it's just going to get bigger um, and there'll be a lot more yeah. questions about what it is. And we need definitely need to find ways of attracting um, new talent into the, to the industry. I, I might be wrong on this, but I mean, there's a lot of different groups out there, a lot of different organizations out there, but are you aware of any other collaboration type group like the think tank that has a specific focus on employment? I have not. I know there are a lot of different groups and organizations out there, not going to name any of them, but I haven't seen any that do focus in this area. Uh, I think this definitely makes it unique. Uh, it makes why me joining was such a privilege and uh, a thrill to join to, to be part of this. Um, I think what you, the work you guys do are doing is it's amazing. Um, and I like the collaboration. because That's what it's all about these days. It's about collaborating um, yeah. and, and working together, finding new ways of solving old problems sometimes <laughs> and so it's, it's a it, it's definitely that that collaboration piece is is key um to moving forward so let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about some of the problems that some of those old problems you mentioned right that 
uh, some things that people that might be looking for work could be going through right now. Mm-hmm. I-, I was speaking with someone recently, and one of the things that they mentioned was a current difficulty was uh, they they start to build a relationship with a recruiter. Things seem to be moving along really well. And then all of a sudden they get ghosted and there's no reply. And, you know, they, maybe there's an indication that, boy, they want to move quickly. And then everything, you know, is going really well. And then all of a sudden everything stops. Are you seeing that? And, you know, what what's going on often when when things like that happen? Um, unfortunately, that is a common trend. Um, I've seen it happen. I just had a call with someone earlier this week. Same thing. There was a great role that they really liked and they were interested in. The internal recruiter reached out to them. Uh, they thought it'd be a great fit. And then they went dark. Um, and so then just never heard, never heard anything back from them. And that I heard it time and time again with that particular position. So oftentimes it is just the recruiter. The internal recruiter um, is sometimes they're swamped. Um, and I, they do not kind of knock the work that they do. They do a lot of great work. Unfortunately, they don't always understand resilience. They don't understand mm-hmm. what the work is involved, the skill set involved. And so if they have a resilient position or they have an exec admin position, oftentimes the exec admin is a lot easier to fill. They can get that one done quicker and the resiliency role kind of sits off to the side. Um, and yeah, so that that's part of the, that is one of the big issues that we've seen over the years. Um, there, the other thing is sometimes is the hiring managers are not quite sure what they want. Um, they don't communicate well with the recruiter um, about the job. They give the recruiter a job description, um, but that doesn't really do you much good. You don't understand the job. Um, and I know when I sit down and talk to hiring managers, even when I first started this area, I had to sit down and talk to, okay, tell me exactly what this person needs to do. Tell me mm-hmm. the skill sets that you need. Um, a job description is great, but that's just, that's just, uh, uh, just beginning of something. You really want to understand skill sets, personality, um, culture of that particular team, that particular con- company, so you can really find the right person. Um, and, and oftentimes it's not so much the hard skills that get people the job, it's the soft skills. I tell you all the time that I can train you on do, to do a lot of things. If right. I like you, if I like you, I can train you to do it. Um, and so it's not about a matter of job description. It's a matter of really understanding. And oftentimes these hiring managers, they don't, they don't communicate that to the, um, recruiter. Um, and now I think with the, with AI, who knows who, who you're actually talking to <laughs> sometimes it, it, we just never know, um, uh, the chat bots and you're think you're texting with a, a person and it may not be, um, and, so that that's a, one of the big issues I think that a lot of people are facing these days. It's just, um, and it's it's sad that it happens. It does give people automatically blame the recruiter um, for the for it. At times, there are some bad recruiters, just like any industry. There's bad people out there. Right. Uh, but oftentimes, I think it is much more of just the lack of communication, recruiter side, and the hiring manager side, um, and they just get swamped too. Sometimes these recruiters, internal recruiters, can have hundreds of, of uh, wrecks on their desk that they're working to fill and they're trying to balance their time between all of that. So. so there's a couple of things I want to kind of jump on there. The first one is you talked about the job description with your experience in resilience. You can look at a job description and then maybe, I don't want to say challenge or push back, but 
kind of guide the hiring manager a little bit too, right? I mean, that's one of the advantages of having someone skilled in the industry like yourself. Yes. Over the years, since I've been here enough time, I understand um, oftentimes what's not written in the job description. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's certain things that get left out and, and I can ask the hiring manager, hey, so you didn't mention this, but is this, oh yeah, that's definitely needed. Okay, let's go ahead and find this person that can do this. Um, and oftentimes job descriptions are um, templates. Sure. So they just kind of change a couple of keywords and throw it together. And it doesn't doesn't really indicate what the job really is. So by um, I think one of the advantages I bring is that, yeah, I've been doing this long enough. I've seen enough of these jobs. I've filled enough of these jobs over the years to understand um, how, understand what skill sets you're looking for, what the person needs needs to do so that we're able to find the right person for you. The other thing from your answer a minute ago was you mentioned soft skills. What would you say is the most important soft skill that a candidate in the resilience industry can bring to the table? So probably one of the most important communication, yeah. um, being able to, to communicate at different levels, um, being able to be in front of a, a C-suite person, as well as a hiring, as a line manager, um, being um, inquisitive. Uh, a, tough, a lot of times now you need to understand what the company does. If it's a bank, you don't need to be a trader, but you should understand how trading works um, so the basics of it. So you can put together a program that that goes with them. That's not going to hinder them from making money. Um, same thing if you're manufacturing. If you're manu- if you're making widgets, you should know all about the widgets. Heron, who buys the widgets? What are the widgets for? How do they make the widgets? Why do they make the widgets? Uh, that way you can sit down and put together a program that's going to be effective and not yeah. not hinder it. And you can only do that by communicating and really diving in and understanding what's needed. I like what you said there, because, you know, when you think about it, once you're in the job, you need to be really immersed in the culture and the importance of the organization. You need to understand where they make their money and what's important to them. So why not get immersed in that before you get the job as part of the interviewing process, right? Yes. Yep. I was going to say that too. Oftentimes mistakes, um, sometimes people make is they are applying for the wrong jobs. They're applying for jobs that aren't that aren't going to be a necessarily good fit for them, um, and I think that is a a big deal these days because there's job titles. People focus on job titles. I want a vice president, but yeah. vice president in one company is very different. Vice president somewhere else, right? A bank, a bank has thousand vice presidents <laughs> versus another organization. Vice president may be the top of the top of the food chain. Um, I know one com- client I had years ago, and AVP, assistant vice president, was the ran the program. I see. So, yeah, and they were marketing. They marketed that job all wrong because everyone in the in the financial services sees assistant vice president, and they oh that's a very junior level role, so they pass it over. And uh, I mean, no, that was the person who ran the program. So it's a matter of diving in. Don't focus on the job title, but look at the duties. Look at the culture of the company. Understand how their job titles work. Um, and also a lot of it is doing that due diligence before you even when you're applying for it or as you're applying for the job interviewing, do you do your due diligence to make sure, hey, is this is this still a good organization that I want to be with? One of the other uh, complaints that I'm often hearing is an organization will post a job and then they'll take it down and then they'll post it 
and then they'll take it down again and maybe they tweak it. And it almost seems like, as someone said to me, that they're looking for a unicorn. What's going on behind the scenes uh, and what should maybe a job seeker be aware of when they see something like that? Um, I will t- I tell everybody, oftentimes the jobs you may see, especially some of the more senior jobs that are posted, are not actually available. They've been filled already. Oftentimes, companies will post for compliance reasons. They have to post a job for a certain amount of time, but they've already identified a person for their job. So they post it, it goes away. You don't you you apply and you hear nothing back on it because that job had already been filled long before it was posted. Um, so we see that we see that a lot. Um, sometimes jobs get posted. They're just a, a fishing expedition. They post it to kind of see what type of what type of people are applying. Maybe maybe they're thinking about changing the role in six months. So they do that now. Get people get resumes in and then sit on them, um, and which is a waste of everyone's time because by time they in six months when they're ready to hire that person, you're no longer looking for a job. You found a job. Or you're happy a job. You're not. You're no longer interested. Um, right. And so it's we see that quite often as well. Um, and sometimes job descriptions do get tweaked. Um, they post it. Maybe they're not getting the type of candidates that they want. And so then they will pull it down, make some adjustments to it um, based on the feedback and based on the resumes that they're receiving. Hey, Noah, maybe we're getting people who are too technical focused. A lot of times resilience, people automatically think of technology. So maybe the the job description has keywords or things that are really focused more towards technology. And so they maybe they pull those, pull that down chop it up a little bit, change, change things around to really focus more on the business side of things or vice, vice, vice versa. Sometimes maybe they need a technology person, but they're talking more business, so they need to switch it so it's a little bit more technology. We see that happen as well. Um, but yeah, I, there could be a combination of any any of those things or all three of those things sometimes. How about um, that? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a challenging um, challenging time out there. And that's the one value I think I try to bring is that dive in and understand what these jobs are, if they're actually out there and and how we can best navigate to get you in, get you into the, get you in front of the hiring manager. What's typical for you? Is it uh, a job seeker comes to you and says, Hey, Sean, I'm looking for a change. Or is it that you're aware of a job that's available and then you have to start looking around for candidates, which happens more frequently? Um, Lately, it's probably more of a candidates looking for something new. Um, Job market lately has been a little weird. Has not been a lot of opportunities out there over the last six, eight months. I think this this whole year has been a little weird. I think with some of the um, banking failures earlier in the year kind of set the tone for a lot of organizations that they are kind of holding off. The the rush from COVID has kind of died down and we're trying to get back into a kind of a normal groove of things. And the, when the bank failures earlier this year kind of made everybody st- take a step back and wait and see kind of what the economy is going to do, which is frustrating and annoying because I know the jobs are there. <laughs> There's people who want the job, but they're not matching up. Um, so, but yeah, oftentimes right now it's been more of more of a candidate focus where people are coming to me um, looking for something new. Um, and then that case will then go out to market and, and identify opportunities um, through our network of, of clients we work with, um, some cold calling at times and just um, kind of marketing to marketing those candidates, um, then marketing those candidates to those companies. 
I hadn't planned on asking you this, but I was reminded of uh, you and I saw each other in Phoenix and uh, that was really cool to meet you in person, by the way. And uh, that was a a nice event that you hosted. Um, But I'm reminded of a conversation I had with a woman who had been in the industry for a while. Uh, She had always been an uh, an employee of a company, but she wanted to move out on her own and start to consult. And I've been a consultant forever. And so I gave her some tips do you have any tips for someone who might be wanting to make that change from, you know what, I'm tired of being an employee. I'd like to try to go do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. If you can do it, I tell folks all the time, Hey, that's always the kind of the, the dream do it to have your own kind of piece of the pie. Um, I tell her right up front, it's tough, but I'm sure you use you, you know, it's tough trying, especially at the beginning, the client acquisition, the business development piece, is yeah. where a lot of folks struggle um, because by nature, if you're a resiliency person, you're not always a salesperson, um, but you need to be that salesperson. And so you're trying to, to do that. Um, and there's a lot of competition these days. So trying to set yourself apart from the competition is tough. Um, but yeah, if you can do it, I tell everybody, um, build up your network, continue to um, uh, network and network as much as you can. That's going to be your, your, your main tool. Is your networking, yeah. trying to refine ways of setting yourself apart um, by some of your posting, the things you post out there, organizations that, that you do join in order to um, get those get those clients. Because so that's going to be the, the trickiest part, I think, is, is getting the client. And I face that same thing with, with here. Sometimes there's client acquisition. You're, part of your job is selling. And you have to do that. And it's it's tough. I'm not, by nature, I'm not a salesperson. I'm much more of a delivery type person. Um, yeah. So it's, it's 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 challenging. But that's probably the biggest piece of advice to tell you to tell folks and be ready to go for the first year without a whole lot of income coming in. So have your, your nest egg set up so you're able to survive that first year. Uh, if you get past that first year, then you, you may be all right. But it, it's, uh, it's tough. Or get that first semi-big gig, yes. even if it's acting as a consultant for another company. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Get that under your belt. Get that moving. And then while that's going, the best time to look for work is while you have work, right? Exactly. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. And, all and the that's time. Other, other thing, as a consultant, you're always looking. So you'll have to always, even though you're working your deli- delivery on a project, you have to keep your feelers out there for that next next big thing yep. um so it's, it's tough but it's 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 a wonderful time you can do it i tell folks all the time hey go for it it's it's uh that's always the dream you can have the the kind of the the work-life balance and the freedom to work when you want to work where you want to work and who you who you want to work with yeah no that's exactly right hey earlier you mentioned um a mistake that job seekers uh often do is you know not going for a job that's not suited for them what are some other common mistakes that you're seeing job seekers do? Um, not selling themselves correctly. Um, oftentimes, yeah, um, just being too shy. The, you mean like not being bold enough? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes is that. Sometimes being too aggressive. You go either uh, way. You have to learn. You have to um, identify the culture with the company you're going for. And don't um, embellish. I would imagine then, right? Oh yeah, no, you never do that, especially these days because the our industry is small. So mm-hmm. if you do something at one place, it's going to get back around because if somebody knows somebody, it gets back around. I've seen it happen uh, mm-hmm. the years that I've been here. Uh, there's a couple people I know that are no longer 
really out there much because yeah they did some things kind of shady years ago and you don't see i don't see their names up anymore mm. uh, and so yeah it's it's there that's the one mistake that people make um and a lot of them come down to just focusing on the wrong thing focused on the a lot of times people want to focus on the money and i need to make x amount of money in order to do this job which is okay that's great but is the job good for you is this a job you want to do yeah. Um, and if it, if it's the right job, it took you all the time and it always happens. If it's the right job, the money shows up. It just always, it always works that way. Um, mm. if it's the right job for you. So focus on the job. Does this job, is it going to be better than the job? If you're working now, is this job better than the job I have now? Is it solve certain problems that I have now? Um, and is this job going to do that? And look at everything. Um, nowadays with the remote work, hybrid work, hey, how often do I have to go to the office? If I'm in a company now where I'm going to the office one or two days a week, but now this job, they would go in five days a week. Yeah. How much is that worth to me? Right. Um, right. Someone was talking recently there in New York, and it's like, yeah, from Long Island to Manhattan, it's an hour and a half train ride every day. So yeah. do you take a job in Manhattan? Or do you stay with your job that's in Long Island where you're gonna only going to commute 15 minutes here from home to the office? So that extra three hours a day is valuable. Um, and is is it worth it doing that? No, it um, sure is. And even from a consulting perspective, I had a client one time where it was two hours and 10 minutes each way, and they wanted me in the office four days a week. And so it was a 13-hour day just to get like an eight hours worth of billable time in. Yeah. See, and your time is my, my time is valuable at some point. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, I understand if there is a, a need to be in the office certain times, Hey, sure. no, I'm, I'm on board. We'll be there. But just to show up just cause it's a show up day. That doesn't, doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. Hey, I hadn't planned on asking you this, but what's the most common reason that a job seeker will give you when they say they're looking for a new, a, a new gig? Most common is that they're not challenged. Oh, interesting. They're not they want more. They want more. They've they've mastered the job. They've done. They've been there a few years. I tell folks most time most jobs three to five years, and yeah. you are you've kind of done it all. Unless you're getting promoted within that within that firm, three to five years, it may be time to start to look to your next next gig. Um, so oftentimes people are they just like I just don't I come into work. I know the job, I do it, and there's not much more that's going to challenge me to grow this program. I can only grow it so much. So uh, that that is probably the biggest, biggest thing. In 2024, we mentioned that you're, you know, part of the Resilience Think Tank. We want to do some stuff uh, around employment and around uh, helping uh, Resilience Think Tank members. Maybe we'll do some coaching uh, maybe we'll do some job seeker coaching. We can do some ask me anythings to see what's uh, on the minds of people out there. I'm excited for that. That's going to be fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about that. I've seen some of the ask me anything. It's a little, um, I can imagine being a little nerve wracking, not knowing what you're going to get asked. But uh, but yeah, no, it'll, it'll be exciting. Uh, I think it's definitely an interesting topic. There's lots of questions out there. Lots of people just don't understand the process, uh, the recruitment process, the hiring process. It just, it's still one of those yeah. kind of shrouded in mystery at times. 
<laughs> behind the walls of, of, of HR. So right. helping here to help folks navigate that. Um, maybe even do some interview prep at times uh, if we need to. I've done that. I, I love that. We could do some. Uh, we could do some uh, role plays. Do some inter uh, some interview coaching, and mm-hmm. and that sounds like a lot of fun. Hey, let me get you out of here on this. All right. So you're going to go speak somewhere. You're walking up to the podium and the the music starts. What's your walk up music? What song would you pick and and why? It's funny. I was thinking about this and I I had a, I had a song in my head and then uh, I wasn't quite sure. So I said, let me ask my wife. So, hey, okay. this is okay. the situation. What song did it? And she said, she said, and it was the exact same song. I oh no, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. What is it? I am the tiger. Oh, I love that. So that was I'm I'm a big gym rat. So I'm in the gym almost every day. So that song when you're working out, that song comes on, and you just keep going. And so that's kind of the that would be it. It was just so funny that she said the exact same song I had in my head. I'm like, okay, I guess 23 years of marriage will do that. I really, <laughs> really like that. It's got that iconic ten. Dun, 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 right? Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So. Hey, Sean, I appreciate this. And you know, I appreciate you. Remind people how they can connect with you, please. Um, I'm all over LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn all day, every day. So feel free to connect with me there. Um, I think through the Resilience Think Tank, there's our profiles are on there as well. My email is there. Yep. Um, yeah, it's sean.watson at andersonsteinberg.com. All right. Well. Um, but yeah, I'm always available. Questions, concerns. Uh, about the industry, about the recruitment, I'm always happy to have a have a chat with anybody these days. To, and because I said this is this is what we do. This is the fun part of this job. It's all about collaboration and working together and moving the industry forward. So that's what we're here for. Shaping the future of resilience. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to what we're going to do. 2024. I, I'm hopeful. It is going to be awesome. I I am I'm very optimistic. It will be. I think there's some good stuff happening out there. There's some opportunities to. Uh, move the move the move the needle. So I'm, I'm excited about it. All right, Sean. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I want to thank Sean Watson for being my guest this week and talking to us about the frustrations of the job application process. The Resilience Think Tank is very excited to have Sean collaborating with us, and we're looking forward to the offerings that are coming in 2024. The Resilient Journey is a Resilience Think Tank production, and we have another great guest lined up next week as Yusef Ukai joins us to talk about mentoring. So join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.